This is the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast, episode 32. I'm Carly Cade, and today I'm talking with Amy C. Witt. Always creating and evolving, Amy has gained recognition as a freelance journalist, poet, Western lifestyle blogger, and brand ambassador. This modern-day California cowgirl has learned many lessons from her life, her friends, animals, working the land, and the cowboy lifestyle. From halter-breaking a colt, to doctoring calves in a field, to backing into the box with a breakaway rope, or nodding her head to stick a steer, being in her saddle is first nature. A member of the American Horse Publications and Western Writers of America, her work has been seen in several publications, like the AQHA Journal, Quarter Horse News, American Cowboy Magazine, Ropers Sports News, and The Rock NW Report. Holding nothing back, Amy aspires to inspire in her award-winning book of poetry, Cowgirl Confessions. Through writing, her ultimate goal is to connect and build relationships with her readers in hopes that they can escape, relate, or be inspired by her work. To capture the essence of her life, as well as the Western lifestyle, she is constantly seeking new adventures, new country, and better content. Riding her horse through our sacred lands allows her to evolve as a woman, writer, and creator. Now, let's get into the interview. Welcome to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast, a podcast featuring interviews with equestrian authors who love all things horses and writing about them. In each episode, you'll hear inspirational stories from horsebook authors, including writing advice and marketing tips to help you write your very own horsebook. If you're an author, aspire to be an author, or simply love horse books, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Carly Cade, and creative writing makes my spurs jingle. Hello, welcome to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Show. Today, I am so excited to have fellow cowgirl, Western enthusiast, and poet, Amy Witt on the show. Hi, Amy. Hi, Carly. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be a part of this. Oh, I'm so excited to have you. Uh, Amy and I met last year at the American Horse Publications Conference. We just really kicked it off and hit it off well. We're fellow authors and uh, we enjoyed each other's company. There's some pictures of us floating around on social media. And I'm just so excited to have Amy on the show today to learn more about her because she has a very exciting life. Uh, So the easiest way, I think, always to kick off these interviews and, you know, get in the flow and get comfortable is the best question ever. How did your love affair with horses begin, Amy? So when I was younger, just like looking back, since I was an infant, my parents would strap me onto in like, you know, the old school green big backpack that, you know, took up half of your back. And um, they used to take me with our good friends, the Shannons, through the mountains because they have a forest permit. And it seemed like since then, as far as back as I can remember, since nine years old was when I got my first horse. And um, I she was fine, but I didn't like her. She kind of held me back. Like she was scared of cattle and, um, and, you know, I didn't know anything yet. So I didn't know what I was doing. And then my, um, uncle sold us this horse, Wanda, and she like, it makes me like emotional thinking about it. Cause she like changed my life. Like she shaped me and made me like the roper and the rider I am. So I could say like it started very young just because I was exposed to them. But like my most um, 
cherished memories and love affair began at the age of nine when I started showing 4-H horse and um, it was kind of it was such a fun experience and a great experience but um, I learned that it was too slow and so then I started rodeoing well barrel racing first and then naturally just started picking up a rope and it's just uh, prospered from there. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, yes, our childhood horses are the ones that do mold and develop us and give us confidence and teach us empathy and, you know, just being responsible for something other than yourself, I think, is what our childhood horses do for us. And, you know, you mentioned rodeo, you mentioned roping, you mentioned you like to go fast. I mean, you are like the authentic cowgirl package. Like you, you did grow up on a ranch, isn't that right? And so... Um, I did, but not our own. Like my family doesn't, my parents don't own a ranch, but my other, my cousins do. And then all of our family friends, like I've just been exposed to a ranch since the day I was born. That is so cool. So tell us um, a little bit about your like rodeo career and, you know, and, and what, and what you do on a day to day basis. I'm like so curious. (laughs) I started junior rodeoing um, in Springville, which is like right down the road. And then I, started joining other associations like the West Coast Rodeo, uh, Junior Rodeo. And I started meeting all of these awesome people that were just like, you have so much potential, like, let us help you, you know? And I was always exposed to like so many good horses and so many good people that I just had the support behind me to make me successful. Um, Like team roping is so... Uh, it's so fun and it's so challenging and I'd say like a lot of practicing you know like extensive heavy practicing Um, from junior rodeo I moved on to high school rodeo and high school rodeo I feel like really shaped me I think that's when I got the most serious just about team roping about the sport um, and just uh, really dissecting it on mentally Um, I think mentally the challenge with rodeo for me was my nerves. So I I took a moment to just like be with myself and really look at what I wanted as far as rodeo and kind of like what my purpose would be in rodeo. And the reason that I took such a break is because of the nerves and also just kind of feeling like, um, not like I was aging out, but it was just time to take a moment. And so um, I just decided that I really like to focus on myself and just riding out in nature, being exposed to nature, focus on my riding and see where it would go from there. I started last year practicing breakaway um, because breakaway was something that I was really passionate about and I really liked it. And now breakaway is evolving and as, as a sport and there's so much potential and there's um, so much to be offered now for women that I feel that it's important to um, start roping again. So my goal, my goal last year was to enter Vegas, the breakaway, and I was getting ready for that. Oh, cool. (laughs) uh, I had a really, really traumatic experience with one of my mares while practicing like the horse I was going to rope on. And I literally practiced on her. She got injured, took her to the vet and they were like, you have to put her down. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I can't imagine. Yeah, it was really hard. So I, I faced some challenges that have set me back. And I think challenges are important. I um, I faced a lot of challenges like us all. And I think 
that we have to like really embrace those challenges. So that was in October, still like a touchy subject, you know, but it's, uh, it's forced me to like evolve and really dig deep to just learn that I can do anything regardless if my, you know, one of my favorite and best horses that I trust so much, you know, had to <laughs> go to heaven essentially. Yeah. So, um, so now I'm, um, pra slowly practice breakaway. I'm in the process of, of finding a new horse. I'm also working on, um, my friend's prospect horse. She's never been roped off of, but it's been really fun to do that. So I'll be start, um, sharing that journey as well. Um, essentially day by day, I, I'm always trying to be horseback regardless of what the day brings me. Um, I work for our family business with hardwoods. And so working for our family business has allowed me to rodeo has allowed me to take the time to write has given me the freedom to do what I want to do. It's, it's, I'm not sitting in a, at an office job, you know, or nine to five. It's I'm like doing physical labor every day. And, you know, some days it's really hard, but I think essentially it's rewarding because um, not only because of the freedom, but I also feel a purpose through my work with my family. Mm -hmm. So I've just been really trying to focus on bettering my business, bettering my writing and bettering myself to be a better cowgirl, a competitor and just all around individual. Wow. I, you know, I really commend you, Amy. I mean, thank you for sharing something so personal as losing a heart horse. I mean, I, it, it's, it's a really hard thing to overcome. And I'm so proud of you for taking this on and getting back in the game, but taking a minute to like assess things. That's so important before you move forward. You have to like kind of complete where you were at the past, give yourself that time to grieve and then move forward. So I'm, I'm, I wish you so much success around this. And I'm so proud of you for over, you know, this is a, that's a big hurdle. And I really hear that you're coming out of this strong, stronger, you're moving forward, you're not letting it stop you. And you know, ha that's half the battle in life is to not get stopped by these things life throws at you, because there's always something. Would you agree with that? Yeah, thank you so much. It's true. Yeah. And, and I love that you said that you have the freedom to be horseback, to not be strapped to a desk, to, you know, work on your own business, support your family business. I mean, that is such a special gift because you know I'm a, you know I'm a cowgirl I love my horses the being chained to a desk is is difficult for our free creative spirits <laughs> it's like something to be touched on too it's like um I think we go through the motions you know a lot of the time and I really struggled with like uh because essentially you know I'm doing manual labor alongside I'm um producing manual labor alongside my father and my brother and my mom and I really had to like dig deep and find my purpose of what I was actually doing because uh, sometimes you tend to lose yourself in the day by day. So I found that it was important to embrace what you're currently doing at the time in the moment. Like that's where you're supposed to be and not be negative because you don't have all these things or have been successful, successful at the goals that you've wanted to accomplish by a certain given time. Mm hmm. And being present in the moment, that is that is such a powerful place to stand because, you know, we're, we're always thinking about other things or we're on our phones and we're distracted. And, you know, what I'm hearing is like you're really embracing the moment. You're really being present. You're really being purposeful in what you're doing at any given time. And I really think that's beautiful.
Thank you. That's what I'm striving to do. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, we're off to a great start. This interview is fantastic so far. I'm so enjoying this. Uh, you know, I, I remember this about you um, from the AHP. We had an author meet up there, and it was a great turnout. We had so many authors, or aspiring authors, who came to learn more about traditionally published um, route and then the independently published route. It was very cool. But I remember you, um, when you introduced yourself, you talked a little bit about your book of poetry, which we'll get into here in a little bit. But you, but you do live in California, and you are very passionate about the giant sequoia trees yeah. there. You know, tell us a little bit, because I really feel like those trees and your connection to them really um, breathes life into this concept of living in the moment. So would you talk to us a little bit about those trees and your love for them? Absolutely. I'm excited to talk about them. I don't think they get enough recognition. And if you're not from California or if you've not even heard of them, it probably doesn't resonate with you the way it does me or, you know, my family. Um, so the giant sequoias only live north of California or central here. So there's like 73 to 75. I'm not sure the exact number because the forestry and, and, um, other associations give two different numbers. So there's around 70. So sacred sequoia groves left. Um, I'm trying to think back the first time I laid my eyes on a, a, a giant sequoia tree and I was real young and the moment that you walk into a grove it's like everything stops it's like I, I can't even express the way I feel or could even express how you could feel excuse me you could feel because you uh it almost seems impossible it doesn't seem real it's like so magical and you're literally standing with one of the largest organisms on earth and one of the oldest and the connection, they're so powerful. Like they're rot resistant. Mm -hmm. um, they, when, they, when they actually do die, which, you know, uh, some of them are known to be uh, 3,000 years old, 3,500 years old. Wow. And um, when they do rot, they don't emit carbon, um, carbon like a white fir would. Um, fire is really important to them. We need it. They, they need it for their growth and for their future. Um, I would just say that if anybody gets an opportunity to come to California, go to the sequoias in the springtime. Um, we have a giant sequoia monument, which is just right up the road, um, maybe 28 miles from Porterville, and it's open to the public, and it's free. And it will be life-changing. I would encourage everybody to take a visit to the trees. Um, where I live, actually, when I walk out my front door, I can look to where the sun rises and see them like waving at me from the ridge line. Oh, so wow. every day I just like look at them and give me give them thanks because they really inspire me. Um, they've seen so many lives and so many histories, you know, and they are they're so historical to our state and our to me like our country, um, and they're important. And I, um, I've been in communications with Save the Redwood Leagues and hopes to like work with them on some creative stuff and writing for them. So um, my purpose is just con to continue to, to stand for them and support them um, because they are sacred and there's not a lot of them left. Mm -hmm. And if we lose them, it's like, would be losing a lot of, <laughs> it'd be, feel like losing lives. <laughs> 
Oh, absolutely. And, and you are able to ride through them, aren't you? I think I've seen really beautiful pictures that you've shared on your Instagram channel, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, but you, you have the privilege of being able to ride your horses out to these, these trees. I think that's what's so significant is the fact that we can go to groves that public, the public may not walk off the trail to see. Um, we, there is, there is a specific spot not too far from me and it's our favorite spot. It's, it's unreal. And riding your horse through there is like something I can't even explain it. It's just, it's breathtaking and magical and you feel like you're not even on this earth. Like, and with your horse and your dog out there, it's just, it's home. It's like perfect. It's like all the answers that you need, everything you need to know, you can find them there in nature, you know, no cell phone service, nothing. You, you are forced to figure it out because that's that, you know? And I love that. It's like, go, I mean, what a beautiful gift that you are able to do that. But it's like, I can only imagine it's like going back in time to way to, to the way things should actually be, you know, surrounded right. by forests, uh, sharing the experience with animals, being in the moment, being present, not being distracted with, cell phones and cell service and just, you know, really having that, you know, nature human experience. And I think that's something a lot of us are missing uh, these days that we don't get enough time to be with nature. And that's why I love horses so much because they, they bring us out of the house. They bring us away from the TV. They get us away from our phones and just thank you for sharing that. It's so magical. And I think I hear a book in there somewhere. I think I hear, you know, I hear a lot of passion about these trees and saving these trees, but I think I also hear a little creative juices uh, yeah. bubbling up. You're definitely on to something because I've been low key working on something really, really exciting. And so essentially like I'm working on a book or surrounded by the redwoods and it's going to take me a while, but um, I am really excited about that. And I can't wait to share it. <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited. I so feel the passion. I, I cannot wait to see to see what you create. That's so exciting. I wanted to ask you, you know, when did you realize that you wanted to combine your love of horses and the cowgirl lifestyle with your writing? Like what made you decide that you, you wanted to do this? So when I was 18, I, um, after high school, I went direct, I attended college in Denver, uh, Denver, Colorado. And I went at the worst time possible, which was winter. And coming from California, living in a dorm with no horse, no dog, uh, trying to hike through snow and high hills, like I, it wasn't meant for me. Um, I decided that coming back to California would essentially be the best for myself and my mental health. So when I came, um, when I came back to California, I decided that I was going to work for our local newspaper while helping my parents at this, um, simultaneously. Um, I started working for the newspaper and I didn't even like, I've always been, I've always loved writing. I've always been creative. I've always, I've even found something uh, recently, an old notebook when I was like 10 years old writing poetry. And I didn't even know I liked it back then. Um, so the newspaper is actually the portable recorder. They gave me an opportunity to write an ad column. So um, once I started doing that, I was like, this doesn't make sense that I'm not writing about horses and rodeo. So, um, the Roper sports news actually, which is owned by Bob Feist, uh, Stephanie Anderson is his general manager. Um, she, 
I reached out to her and said, hey, is there any way I could write for you? I'll do it for free, you know? And essentially they gave me the first opportunity ever to just like, here, do whatever you want. And because of that opportunity, it, it essentially started my whole career mm-hmm. and they, and I just started um, reaching out to other publications and having their support behind me asking Stephanie and Bob, like, Hey, if I contact this publication, will you, you know, have my support? And I think, I mean, I'm a hundred percent positive. Like if it wasn't for writing for the Roper sports news, I wouldn't have ever, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Um, I just, I realized that traveling and rodeoing and, and I've always loved fashion. It didn't make sense not for me to like take pictures and blog about it. And I started, you know, when, when Wix was cool and Blogspot was cool. Like my first website was on Blogspot and I was going to rodeos and, you know, just taking pictures of my outfit and just talking about whatever. And it's just kind of blossomed from there. Wow. And that is such a cool story. It's like the universe kind of opened up and and gave you the opportunity to step into a lifestyle that, A, you created, but also is authentically who you are. So that is really cool. You know, the photos that you share on your Instagram feed are like absolutely stunning. You know, we already mentioned that you take, you know, you've taken pictures with the sequoia trees and, you know, you're always doing fun things uh, with your um, horse and you're showing, you know, the landscape and your Instagram stories and, you know, you just, you have a really cool Instagram presence. Uh, you. you know, tell us what inspires your photos and who takes the pictures of you because I'm always like, wow, she looks like she's got a professional photographer and she looks like a model. Tell us a little bit about, you know, how you curate your Instagram channel. I, my best friend since childhood, Jamie Shingala, who has Shingala Aussies, um, she takes about 90% of my photos. Sometimes I'm able to work with other photographers and I don't mean some, I, I mean, sometimes I have the opportunity to collaborate and it's always really fun. But Jamie and I have such a strong connection and she understands horses and dogs and and is appreciates and loves them and has the same amount of passion as me so it's easy for us to just naturally and organically create content mm. we both help each other create content and um she's really really pushed me to be where i am today like she um really has helped me evolve and it's it's really significant because her following and the business that she created is something spectacular so so to have her as my support and mentor and photographer has really been a dream come true like she has helped me get to where I am today because of essentially believing me in me and having the creative eye because she loves to do the same thing so it only makes sense that we go together and and live and you know and we're best friends. So just adventure together. And when we can document, we'll document. So Jamie Shingala owns Shingala Aussies and she is an Australian shepherd breeder and her Instagram handle is Shingala Aussies. And I received my first Australian shepherd, Lily, the black and white tribe that's in my photos from Jamie. So essentially Lily has changed my life. And so is Jamie. Oh, that's awesome. And it's so important to have good pets, good fur babies in your corner and, you know, a good human to push you 
um, and be there through all, all of life's difficulty. And it sounds like you've created a really amazing partnership with your, your best friend and you guys work together and you support each other and you're womenpreneurs, like pushing each other forward. I, I really like, I love that. That's so important. And then, uh, you know, you, this, this is incredible to me. You, I mean, you have been at this for a long time. You, you, you rodeo, you do the sport, you write for major, you know, horse publications. Um, but you have a huge following on Instagram. Um, you know, so, so tell us how you use the channel to develop such an amazing group of, of followers. And you've also developed some really awesome relationships with brands as well. So, um, I started Instagram when, when Instagram just <laughs> the moment the app came out and I wasn't really sure of my purpose or goal. I was just going to use it to promote my blog at the time, um, which was me writing about rodeo and et cetera and showcasing companies. Um, and my blog and Instagram just, uh, kind of blossomed because, I took the opportunity to take good pictures and actually physically create, con uh, go out and do things. And I think like that's the key is actually going out and being a part of nature, getting on the back of your horse, because I think that's sometimes the hardest thing. Like we have all these things to do and riding our horse may not be a priority because we need, we physically, you know, we have to, we have to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. So, um, I've, made sure that riding my horse is a priority regardless of what I have to do that that day and Instagram has helped me um kind of Instagram has allowed me to not only like be creative but also showcase the communication between a horse a dog and and a human and our land um and it just, I just started taking pictures, wearing the clothes that I wear, wearing the companies I wear, using their products, just essentially like, this is what I'm doing. I'm actually physically doing this and using this and being extremely authentic and organic and not having any expectations. Mm -hmm. And I just, uh, wanted to take pictures of me and my horse essentially you know <laughs> and who doesn't right like 99 99.9 percent .9 of I know my social media channels is my horse <laughs> yeah. and um and as far as like my my relationships with brands you know I'm really lucky I I can't even tell you how it happened most of them approached me in fact all of them I can I can take a lot of pride in saying like I've never approached any of these brands however like I wouldn't discourage anybody from writing them I'm or you know emailing them contacting them I'm now in a position where I'm even considering like hey I'm using this uh, specific sunscreen all the time like literally going through bottles and bottles maybe I should approach them and and you know see what I can do for them and I and brands are really happy and open to hear from you. Mm -hmm. um, I started essentially like taking pictures of the clothes that I wear and the products, like I said earlier, and tagging the companies, but consistently. Mm -hmm. I wanted them to know I am using your product, I'm out here doing it, and here I am, you know? So I was essentially giving them um, advertisement without me really even knowing it and them really even knowing it. And They've just asked me to, you know, represent their brand. And I feel really fortunate and lucky that 
like to pick me, you know, and support me. And all of them have been so supportive, like not even just on Instagram, but my book, my writing, um, events, just like, what can I do for you? That's how they essentially every brand I work with is like, what can I do for you? And I think that's really something beautiful um, to be said, because I feel like I put in my work also for them to trust me, um, to know that I'm loyal to their brand and that I am going to produce um, good content. And I think that's important. I think that producing content that you love, like that you're passionate about, you love, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, what, 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 it, what you think it's going to look like or how many likes you're going to get or how many followers you're going to get. The most important thing is that you're organic and you love what you're doing and you love what you're posting and it represents who you are. Mm -hmm. um, I struggled sometimes with my Instagram too, like feeling kind of like in a slump or um, being focused on like how many followers I have, what my engagement is. And I think you just have to throw that out the window because I think like following essentially can come down to like your ego. You know, um, we can buy, we can buy all the followers we want and have 10,000 followers, you know? Um, but when you, when you create, um, have them follow you organically and get their attention, it's like you're actually working for it's it's like you actually have a purpose on what you're doing because these people actually appreciate and can connect with you and i think overall like besides like appealing photography um instagram allows you to connect with people and um create relationships with people that you may not ever have before just like my my brand repping opportunities i wouldn't have had that if it wasn't for instagram I love that you said, don't worry about the followers, you know, put the ego aside, be authentic, do what you love, create for the sake of creating in yourself. And, you know, and yeah, you, you, you share about brands and you tag them consistently, but these are products you love. And I think that that, that's what makes for a successful anything, you know, like sharing what you love and then the, your, your tribe finds you, you don't have to pay for people to find you. You don't have to like do these tricky slick things to get people to follow you because because if you're doing what you love it comes naturally and I think you really spoke to that you know I think a lot of people are confused about like Instagram um like main feed and then Instagram stories so so like how do you use Instagram stories differently than you would you post your your main feed but and for those that are listening who may not know about Instagram stories these are um it's a it's an application inside of Instagram where the 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 photos or the messages or the things that you share disappear within 24 hours. People who are successful on Instagram talk about the aesthetics of your profile, the way it looks when you, when you see the squares all lined out. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's uh, I think that's a good rule to follow. I think that it should look pleasing, uh, eye appealing. Um, and so my posts, I like to post with a purpose. So my actual post that I'm going to post on my feed um, it's, it's going to have a purpose, whether it's the words that I'm saying in my caption or visually what I want to post without even having to say a whole lot. Um, and I'm really, uh, picky about what I post because you start kind of weeding out you start realizing the more, you, the heavier you get and the more you start posting, you start realizing what your followers want to see. And I mm. still struggle with that, still struggle with like, wow, you know, I've got a lot of engagement and likes off of this photo, but this photo I really love and they're not liking it. 
but you know what? I really love it. So it's going to, it's going to stay there. Mm -hmm. So I think with your Instagram posts and your feed, it's like post what you want, but post with a purpose and take the opportunity of your captions to really uh, post something that's either meaningful, educational, um, or something that, that tells a story about the photo. Um, something that I'm thinking about starting to do is post short stories in my post. So now I can, now people can go to my photos and now see a creative story instead of, you know, uh, uh, what I did that day, which mm -hmm. is fun. So people want to see that. Um, and then as for the story post, I, I really think your story is important because that's like, it's almost like it's live. It's like happening now, essentially. Um, I always post if I'm out riding or horseback or like what I'm doing and I can capture that, I will always post it. I will always uh, video it and post it for my story. Um, I just feel like people like it that way. Uh, um, I, I, my followers are more engaged. Um, I can figure out what videos based off of how much engagement I got from my post, uh, my story post, I can kind of figure out if I want to post that to my feed in the future to see what will happen there. And what I'm really finding um, more than ever is like using hashtags, which hashtags are important for your story. I haven't been utilizing them so much in my story, but in my post, I'm finding that if I let, um, so if I post a really good picture and let some time go by, let some comments, um, you know, flourish and some likes happening, some momentum essentially. Mm -hmm. And then I use specific hashtags, like, you know, not just any, but specific in the comments a lot of people are finding my photos and getting momentum. And you can see if you connect your insights, you can like swipe, swipe up and it'll say from hashtag how many people have come to that photo and how many people aren't following you. So it's really interesting to see what people like based off the hashtags that aren't following you because a lot of times what I'm finding is from those hashtags they may not be following you but now they're looking at your story and now more people are following your story and, and people are sending your story mm. so I think stories give you the opportunity to say what's happening now um it gives people like you could be really fun. It it's, doesn't have to be serious. You know, it's, it, I just feel like stories aren't that serious. A lot of people like to use them and interact with them. Um, they're great for, I use a lot of advertising for my stories. So if a company's having a sale, I don't want to, depending on what it is, I may not want to post it on my feed because it just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And my followers, I'm, I'm not pushing sales. Like I'm not pushing a product or sales. It's just like, this is what I love. This is what I'm wearing. This is what I'm doing. If you like it, great. Ask me about it. But if not, like I, you don't have to buy it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I just think that my stories, I like to promote people, promote sales, post things that I like. And that's what good, what's good for stories is that you don't, you can post whatever you want and it's going to go away, mm -hmm. but your feed, you know, you want to keep it purposeful so I think that that is awesome advice and I, I really like how you're thoughtful about what you're doing and how you're yes you're posting what you like but you're also aware and paying attention to 
what other people are enjoying that you're posting, you know, so you're, 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 you're very balanced in your approach. And I agree. I think stories, I use stories a lot for if I go to an event yeah, and I want to share what's going on, you know, day to day at the event or, you know, something special pops up, but I like, I think I agree. You have a more opportunity to showcase your personality, right. And then keep your main, your main page like visually appealing so I think that's really great advice and I love how you talked about um, post with purpose and like write something um, in the comment that that makes sense and I love your I think it's innovative talking about writing short stories because now there is no limit on how much you can write inside of a Instagram post Um, but I, I really like this when I was galloping around doing research for our our questions today, I, you know, I saw that you wrote in an Instagram post that spirituality, communication, self-awareness, and reflection are, are extremely important to you. Would you share, well, you already kind of have, but you've talked how you incorporate these things in your life by just living in the moment. Um, and has this sort of always been your philosophy or is this something you're, as you're growing up is starting to, you know, really come to fruition in your life? <laughs> So I think like many of us, I've struggled with anxiety and depression for a really long time. And I think that we create it. We create a lot of it. And so I really, as I got older, I took a step back because I just felt like, you know, unhappy sometimes and many times, like for no reason. And so um, with age, I just took a step back and Like, what is my purpose? What do I, what am I striving for? Like, take money aside, take the titles away, take all material things away. And then as you're sitting here, as we're sitting here, we're just people. So like, what do, as a person, like, what am I striving for as a woman? And essentially that's just to be like the best person that I can be. And that's by really taking time to reflect on who you are, how you act, how you communicate, how you treat other people. And I think that's like so important, you know, having a good relationship with yourself and loving yourself and like really figuring out who you are and like what you like and what you want and what's toxic for you or, you know, what you don't want in your life. And, and it took me a really long time to figure that out. And when I finally did, it was just like, what's important is your family, your friends, you know, obviously paying the bills, but you know, those, your animals and your, like you said, your tribe, like those are the things that you need to work, work for and care about. And so I, I take a lot of time and I, and I know that being horseback and being in nature, cause you're like away from your phone, you, you have time not to think about all of these other things that you're creating. Um, it really gives me a chance to like be in my head and like just to be able to look at the land and, and be grateful just to be alive is like, was probably like the most defining are the most defining moments when I'm out there horseback and I'm like, can really be inside my head and think about what I want and what I want to do And I think those moments like shape you when, like you said, when you're away from your phone, when you're away from everything, you, you have to dig deep. And I think that a lot of people don't want to do that. And it's hard. It's really hard to like dig deep and find the truth about yourself and better the things that like you don't like about yourself. Cause that's Mm. uncomfortable, right? It's like, it's uncomfortable when like you get sassy with someone or your family and then you have to like 
set your pride aside and then go back and apologize to them like, hey, I acted this way. Um, so to get back to like self-awareness and a communication, it's like you have to constantly work on yourself. You have to constantly be present. And sometimes like happiness is an, um, an emotion. Like you have to strive for it. Like sometimes I can like, I, I like wake up every day, like happy, you know, and then I can just get triggered. And then I'm like focused on something so simple that doesn't even matter that could ruin my whole day. So I have to like take a step back, be self-aware, self-talk. And I'm like, I know like some people are like, oh, like good vibes, you know, be positive. And it's, it's true. Like, mm -hmm. it's so true. You really, like, I really have to do a lot of self-talk and um, just to, you know, communicate with people and have conversations um, that are uncomfortable, you know, and you find yourself through that. You find yourself through uncomfortable and hard situations. And I think that, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, I've been faced with few that have been defining. And I think that with age, I've just woken up one day and just feel like, you know what? <laughs> it's just important to be happy and be the best woman I can be and take care of me and my tribe. And I think that's like what's so important is like nothing else matters. Uh, nobody else matters. It's just like money doesn't matter, material things. It's just like being present and being the best person that you can be, regardless of how uncomfortable it is. That's awesome. I so agree with everything you, you said. And, and what I, and thank you for sharing that and being so open and, and again, authentic. But what I really heard in all that is, is you take responsibility for yourself and your actions and, and you take responsibility for, they call it, you know, meditation, they call it the monkey mind. You take responsibility for what's going on in your mind and you get present and you're able to, to put that to the side and be like, okay, what is really going on here? Right. And it, maybe it needs to be cleaned up with a uncomfortable conversation, but that's being responsible. And I think that you're right. That is the way to be the best version of you is to be responsible for your actions, be responsible, or even notice what's going on emotionally with yourself. And a lot, a lot of people aren't able to do that. So that's really, really powerful. This is a, like a really awesome time to talk about your, your book of poetry, Cowgirl Confessions. So this is Cowgirl Confessions. And because of you, I entered the Equus Film Festival and I won, um, in December 2019, um, I was awarded for poetry. So that was exciting. I took a creative writing class at our local college and um, a summer class. So it was a cram course. And we, like the last few weeks, we focused on poetry. I, when we had an assignment that we had to write like 10 poems and I was like, well, I'm going to write about what I know and love. Um, so I, it just, things just come to me. Like I'm, I don't force anything. I don't force anything creative. I don't force writing. My work started, started evolving and I started evolving as a person. My book started evolving. Um, I, I didn't really have a whole lot of uh, mentorship. Like I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I was introduced into a, to a local author, Sylvia Ross, who um, is award-winning in our area. And I let her read my manuscript and she was like, you have to do it. Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And 
with her saying that it was just like so inspiring because someone like her telling me that I can do it was like okay I'm gonna do it you know and um I didn't have any expectations and I think that's what's important is like I am going to put my, my masterpiece, essentially my art out into the universe and whatever happens, happens. If people like it, they like it. And if they don't, that's fine. I still did it. And, and I think just doing it has propelled me to give me confidence to know that I can do anything, Mm -hmm. um, anything that you set your mind to, like you could literally do it. There's over 150 poems. Um, there's over 50 illustrations. Um, Jamie, my best friend who from Shigala Aussie, she produced the cover. She hand painted um, the whole cover and freehand drew the the horse. Oh, it's supposed to be me and my horse. Um, and then I had a graphic designer that I went to high school with, and uh, we were actually in 4-H, Hillary. Uh, she um, designed my cover front and back, and then. All of the artists who are women in my books, they're locally from central, the Central Valley. So I have four um, other artists. I have Stormy, um, Alexandria, uh, Poyomi. Oh, I have three. <laughs> and so, um, and it was really important for me to, um, to have them involved. Um, I just felt like if I was going to produce something, I... I can draw, but I'm not super confident. And, um, and that's a challenge that I'm going to start taking on this year too. Cause I think that it's important, uh, to produce artwork work with, with your book. It was for me. So I felt that the artwork, I wanted the artwork to match my poetry, but I wanted my artists to have freedom and let mm. the poetry speak to them. I didn't give any directions. I didn't say here, you need to write, you need to draw this for this. And I think that's what's most special about my my book of poetry is that it's like um it's just like a masterpiece of of artists it's it's not just about me that's what I feel it's like it's not just me it's just like I've had help and um there are four different categories um that go through like the motions of life from love to just like being a cowgirl what a cowgirl is the lifestyle um our trials and tribulations and um it's just it's been super fun and it's given me like I said the strength and confidence that I needed to to move forward because this was just the first of many that I'd I'd like to produce that is an incredible story I love how you brought your herd or your tribe with you too around the creation of the book and I you know I love that you you said you can accomplish anything you put your mind to. You just have to get over that hurdle of fear and move forward. And then I love too that this was your labor of love. So you you know, it doesn't matter how other people feel about your creativity. It's about it's about the act of creating and following the muse. And I, I really, really like that. So earlier in the interview, we talked about there's just a really cool connection between your work with brands and cowgirl confessions. So Speaking of brands, um, Straight Arrow actually, um, how we met is Straight Arrow, who, who does mane and tail products, uh, had you come to the American Horse Publications Conference and read some of your poetry to uh, the group there, and, and they gave everyone a copy of your wonderful book. And then recently, had you uh, be in an advertising campaign. So I opened up, you know, a horse magazine, I think it was Cowgirl magazine, and I saw you 
there for mane and tail um, modeling with your horse. Like talk about talk about your relationship with with mane and tail and 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 all this cool stuff that's happened with them. They are just like extraordinary people, and the people behind. Like what I love about them too is like they're family owned and operated business. They're not court like a corporate uh, business. So it speaks to me on another level, especially because, you know, I'm involved with our family business. Um, Main Intel was one of the first uh, companies that I started brand repping for. And I just started tagging them. I've been using Main Intel since I was nine years old on our 4-H animals, you know, my lambs and horses. So I heavily started tagging them in every post because I, wash my horse and use their detangular and I I got their attention and they when they found me they gave me a call and just like what can I do for you like we we want to work with you whatever I that they were rewarding me I made sure to uh, reward them stronger so um we just our connection flourished just through Instagram and then when I published my book, they were so excited and proud and just uh, just happy to have me represent their brand. They were like, hey, you're an American Horse Publications member. Like, you just launched your book. Let's, let's do something fun. And I, I, like, when they proposed that to me, I almost fell on the floor. Like, I was, <laughs> I was like, this can't be true, right? Like, it, it, they have done so much for me that it's like it it makes me emotional it's just like they're such awesome people and and I think there's something again to be said like when you take care of the people that you love and your tribe like you will be rewarded on both ends it's it's a it's a nurturing you know symbiotic relationship um so they had me read some uh, in front of the members at a, a luncheon, and that was only like my second or third time on stage reading poetry. So that was a little weird, you know. Um, and then when they asked me to um, to be a part of their advertising campaigns for Cowgirl, it was just like, what? Are you serious? And I think the coolest part is, is that they gave me creative freedom. They didn't, I, I asked them like, what do you want to see? What do you want me to wear? You know, like all these things. They're like, do you, do whatever you want. Oh, you and cool. go do it, like whatever you want. And the timing was perfect because um, it was the super bloom, California's super bloom. So the poppies, the mustard, you know, the loop and everything was just thriving. And um, we just, uh, we were able to like make it happen. And then to like open the page and see me there next to like cruel girl on the second page. It was just like, it's, it's not even real, you know? And uh, main Intel has propelled uh, my future. Like they are, they're amazing, amazing people. And I feel like our relationship will work together till the day we die, you know? Mm-hmm. They they are awesome people. They always support the American Horse Publications and they, they host the luncheon and, and they're just so fun and so great. And they make great products. Like mm-hmm. I love their, I've used their products ever since I was like, you know, little tiny cowgirl. I love their products. Um, and so do you, which is really cool. So, yeah. and, and congratulations on your success. I mean, when I, that's the coolest thing about the equestrian community and even our writing community is like, 
we're, you know, we're a little, we're a little small niche and we, you know, we all kind of know each other. And, and so when I opened it, that publication in the Cowgirl Magazine, I saw you there. I was like, oh my gosh, like I know her. Like, you know, it was just so neat. It's so neat to seeing supported in different ways inside of our community. I just think that's so cool. What's the difficult thing, part of putting yourself out there uh, publicly and recommending products and running your own brand? And, and then, you know, what, what's the hardest part for you? But then on the flip side, what, what is the best part about what you've created for yourself and your role as an equestrian influencer? So I like, um, I know that I'm titled as like an equestrian influencer, but I don't really, I don't know what, you know, that is defined as. Um, I just like to produce uh, good content. And I think the most challenging part is, is like the anxiety of feeling that you have to, have to capture every moment like there you know there's a lot of times that I'm on my horse like just trail riding you know when I'm like horseback day working or branding or there's a test to be done you know I really put my phone aside because when you're out there you know roping and working you don't you're gonna get yourself in a bind and you don't need to you don't need to be on your phone um but I think again like having anxiety to like capture every moment the best moments the best photos like constantly feeling like you have to do better each poster each time or each video and that's that's draining or feeling like um you need to share more about your life because people want to know more about you and I've really uh kept this fine line of like struggling with like what I want to say about myself what I want to share about my life and what I will share and say I've been um, being, I've been like a little bit more open. I've been a little bit more like, okay, I'm going to share my day to day or like how I'm feeling. Um, like for instance, like our local library burned down last night oh, and sorry. Oh my goodness. Calgary confessions like was burned there too. <gasps> so it was like, like those kinds of things, like I, I feel like it's my purpose to share. Cause it's like, we're all in a time of grieving, you know? So I think like, I, I struggle with like, one expectations to like what what to post what's good enough what's not good enough what to share what to say um and i think like probably everybody struggles with that too but the best and most rewarding part is to be able to be so creative and to be free and um and i think like how i live my life on instagram i feel like that that's how I really am as a person. And I hope like if you see my Instagram and then meet me in person, like you would think that I'm way better than like what I am on Instagram. Right. Because like, you don't really know someone, you know, especially we can be, we can essentially like, fake an image on Instagram. And, and that was something really important to me. It's like, I will never, I will never do that. So, um, the best part is like, creating and and being free and sharing um my life because I, I felt like well I feel like weird like I'm like kind of bragging you know and it was like no people want to see this like there I get messages from people out of country like please keep doing what you're doing please keep sharing like we love your horses like we wish this was our life like and those like kinds of things keep me going because if someone like behind a desk can see me on horseback and they can like feel a sense of connection or feel like they're almost there or living it it's like that's awesome because mm -hmm. I would love to connect with people or give them an escape either through my writing or art or work and I think essentially like Instagram is a platform for art and we're like all art and we can 
be creative as we want to. That is beautiful. And, and that is the impression that I get when, um, when I met you after, yeah, I met you after I followed you on Instagram. And that absolutely was the impression is that, you know, it's so authentic. It's really who you are. It's the life you're living and, and you're creating it for the love of creation, you know, yeah. not for, not with a purpose in mind, which I think is really, really beautiful. What are you curious about right now? Like what's next? I just really like to like dig deeper in my career, like with maybe like forestry and of course, like the trees. Um, I'm really, really starting to draw. Like I've always loved to draw, like I said earlier, but I feel like like, why aren't I drawing? Like, you can train yourself to be better. Like, practice makes perfect. And um, I did actually, like, draw the, I think it's one of the first pages. It is. It's the page one in my book. I drew a sequoia tree. Oh, you want to see it? Yeah, hold it up, hold it up for those of us, those watching a, on YouTube. A few, um, in a few seconds. And I was really happy with it. And I was like, if I could do that in color and detail, I can do better. So, um right i'm gonna like really focus on drawing and push challenge myself to to write about topics or even genres that i've i haven't before and i feel like i haven't even like pushed myself with marketing cowgirl confessions away on the scale that i'd want it to um so i just i just want to do better and be better and produce better content produce better writing I'm so excited for you and I can't wait to see what you do next. Can you tell us where people can find you and your books? You have a blog, your Instagram channel, where people can buy your book. My website is www.kellydreamin.com and that's C-A-L-I-I and then dreamin' without a G. And on there, there's like a, a, there's an area that you can buy my book and you're also can reach out to me at any time and get a signed copy as well for the same price amazon and then barnes and noble online as well my instagram handle is california dreaming again with two eyes in the c-a-l-i-i -I. I will be sure to link to all those places so when listeners visit your show notes they can get right through and definitely check out the show notes because amy sent me over some really beautiful pictures of her and her horse and you'll see the beautiful cover of the book again so um you know I, I really appreciate you being on the show today and let's all support amy and what she's doing she's such a fun person to follow and and her pictures are beautiful and her life is thrilling i would love to live your life and you know her writing career is bl blossoming and growing so thank you so much for being on the show with us today amy thank you so much for having me carly i really really appreciate it Thanks for joining us this week on the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. I hope you enjoy these Q&A sessions with wonderful equine authors who love all things horses and writing, just like me. Visit my website, carlycadecreative.com, where you can read the show notes, and make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support. Want a free guide to secrets of horse book authors? Gallop over to carlycadecreative.com forward slash wisdom to have author advice delivered instantly to your inbox. If you are an author who writes about horses and would like to be spotlighted, please let me know. Visit my contact page at carlycadecreative.com to fill out a request. I'd be happy to have you on the show too. Thank you for tuning in to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. See you next time. I'm your host, Carly Cade. Creative writing makes my spurs jingle.